Those are gimmicks. A smear is a gimmick. Welcome to this week's Animator's Journey podcast episode. I'm your host, Lucas Ridley, and this week is a special short episode where I share with you one of the questions from a student in the beginner course where we have a monthly get together and get to look at their work and answer questions. Let's listen in to a recent Sunday office hour call with a student in the beginner program who is curious about smears. If you're not familiar with smears, that is a technique used in more stylized animation where between two fast moving poses, you can actually stretch a character in different ways to smear their face, their body, whatever the body part is. You can smear it and stretch it out so it kind of bridges the gap between one pose and the other. Typically, it's in a fast moving spot, and that's what the question was about. And if you want to ask your own questions, please respond to the podcast episode on Spotify, especially, or reach out on social media and let me know what your questions are. I'd be happy to answer them in another podcast episode. So let's jump right in to the call. While, while you're doing that, did you have any questions or were you just kind of... Uh, I did have a few, actually. I was wondering if smears are covered in the beginner course or not. So I can talk about that for a second. That's covered in the intermediate course because there's a week where we cover stylized animation. And the reason behind this division and like where I'm placing that in the journey per se is because... So I, I got my friend Jason Bear to the lessons for that week. He worked on Hotel Transylvania. He worked on Alvin and the Chipmunks. He worked oh, on awesome. okay. a bunch of stylized stuff. We worked we work together at Moonbot Studios on Annie and Emmy winning commercial work. And even he, those are gimmicks. A smear is a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And in and, and the sense that if you were to take an animation that didn't have the supporting timing, spacing, posing, you just throw a smear in there it's not gonna look right right okay so those types of things are the cherry on top so it's not really worth learning early on right yeah because it because then what it does or what it says to someone who's looking at your work is you're trying hard to show that you don't know how to use it and it's fun like those that's oh definitely 100 yeah it's like where can i insert these things then, so with those types of things, you want to feel it and not see it. Whenever you, yeah, definitely. When you see that stuff posted on social media, it's because someone freeze framed it, right? If you're an- animators, we can see where that happened because we're used to like over analyzing stuff and like catching that stuff. Mo- but most people who watch that will never, they won't know why it felt cartoony, but we know why it did. And we could freeze frame it and say, hey, here's that thing. Uh, but if you can, if it becomes too obvious, smears, doubles, multiples, all that stuff, it becomes, when it calls attention to itself, it's defeating the purpose for which it was created, which was to prevent, to, to a degree. You could use it, maybe, maybe you do want to call attention to it for some like over-the-top cartoony thing, but mm-hmm. typically it's meant to prevent strobing when something's moving so quickly that kind of has to pop from here to here and that yeah. has to happen in a cartoony thing because... Typically, that's dealing with what's called limited animation, where they didn't have a ton of money in the budget and they can't walk a character over somewhere. And I just need to get them over there. Yeah. And if they do that over two frames or something, it's going to look like they just transported. Pop, pop. Just, yeah. So it's, it, the roots of this stuff, it kind of come, go back to like, there was really a budget. <laughs> yeah. It has, yeah. Yeah. I understand. It has its places. Yeah. So, needed. 
it's one of those things where it's like <clears throat> it's cool but i understand if it's it's more so a stylized sort of thing right yeah and like it's become more popular with oh definitely spider-verse and they yeah that, use yeah it, yeah definitely attention to it because they're working on twos and some of the scenes and yeah, it's it's a thing. It's cool, but it's if you're leaning on that so much to be the star of your animation shot, you're already setting yourself you're up. You're already for failing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why I don't really focus on it, especially at the beginner level, because then it's like you're already setting yourself up for failure if you're focusing on that thing. And we need to learn like foundational stuff. When we get to that yeah. and we put that the cherry on top, it's like it really makes the thing sing because it's like the sidekick to we got the spacing time. Yeah, exactly. You need to, you know, to up. So yeah. that's why I intentionally don't teach that stuff in the beginner because it's what's the point until we get to. I understand one. completely. That makes well, sense. It's a good question. And it's one of those things that's, that is, it is it's fun. cool. I, I think everyone loves Smiths. It's, yeah. it, it looks cool. There's yeah, no yeah. way about it. You can kind of sneak that in with, depending if you push the timing of the stuff, like the way I start beginner is much more physically accurate because, especially because I come from visual effects background more yeah so you did compositing stuff. right i kind of yeah so like way way back how i got into animation was i thought i was going to be a compositor because i just wanted to do like the andrew kramer route of video copilot that's kind of how it started and um true kramer oh my god yeah it, like that's how i got into this stuff and then when i realized oh i feel that's more just pushing buttons and i can kind of teach myself that where animation is really crap felt like more of a craft thing that I yeah i yeah I've, i tried to get into vfx like specifically in pausing yeah. and it's just not it wasn't clicking i think yeah but but so that's stuff i coming from that background and thinking when you out of the nature of having filmed something in visual effects or working on a visual effects show then your animation has to work within the physics of the thing that was. Yeah, I feel like it's limiting in a way. That's the way it makes me feel. It can be, but if you're, you have to also think if you're working on a lot of times the visual effects stuff, we're doing it because it doesn't exist also, right? Pacific Rim, huge machine, Transformers, or like there are robots of this scale, right? So we're animating things that all, that by the nature of us animating, they can't exist. Otherwise they would have built it and maybe tried to do an animatronic thing or something. But so. It is and it isn't, depending on what the show you're in. But so there, so the challenge for that is you have to make it work in both worlds where it's like, we're animating something that's ne- you've never seen before. It's just believable, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Which I kind of find more interesting sometimes, to be honest, because... Selling it's it. A, yeah. It's a different challenge. Definitely. Um, but anyway, yeah. Does that answer your question? Long story. Yeah, I have a, sure, but, uh, a few more questions if I can ask. Okay. Yeah. So- I hope you enjoyed this week's short podcast episode. If you want to hear more questions like this, let me know. Or if you have your own question, please reach out on social media. I'm at Lucas Ridley on Twitter or Digital Creator School on Instagram. And as always, if you want to start your own animator's journey, check out animatorsjourney.com where you can choose your path to becoming a 3D animator. Whether you want to do it as a hobby or switch careers, I have the program for you. Thanks for listening.